Discover the magic of integrating your financial, legal, and life planning. It's time for Smart Simple Wealth. The Incomplete Financial Plan is on tap for our conversation today. Welcome to Smart Simple Wealth. Walter Storholt here alongside Carrie Qureshi, estate and wealth planning attorney at Qureshi Law and Wealth, serving you in Arkansas, Tennessee, and Texas. Find Carrie online at QureshiLaw.com. She's also the author of the book Smart Simple Wealth. And on this show, we'd like to teach you the magic of integrating your financial, legal, and life planning. So yeah, we're going to talk about the incomplete financial plan today. See if you have an incomplete plan under your umbrella right now. We're also going to answer a listener question from Madison in uh, Dallas on today's show as well. Working with an advisor, but trying to do due diligence before continuing working with him. So we've got some good questions about all of that and much more on the way today. Plus we're talking about habits in our getting to know you segment. So that should be fun to dive into <laughs> with Carrie as well. Carrie, are you all set for another great episode? I, I'm I'm ready and looking forward to it, Walter. Good. We'd be in trouble if you weren't ready and weren't looking forward to it. I so. know, right? I could just be like, no, I can't do this today. Goodbye. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. It'd be a very short episode. But uh, luckily, yes. no, you are, you are raring and ready to go, as always. Well, hey, let's turn to the greatest, if you will, to get the show started off right today. Warren Buffett, uh, arguably, or maybe not arguably, the greatest investor of all time, perhaps. Uh, Warren Buffett, quote, to kick us off this month, says, Wall Street is the only place that people ride to in a Rolls Royce to get advice from people who take the subway. (laughs) It's it's pretty interesting to think about, isn't it? It is. I mean, it's just a little bit like that, you know, buyer beware. Make sure you know where you're getting your investment advice from and that they're qualified to to, to give such advice. (laughs) Yeah, it's kind of interesting. I mean, it's, it's a little bit of a dig at stockbrokers, right? And a little bit of a dig at, at Wall Street. And uh, But the, the illustration, I think, is, is what's very powerful there, you know? Like, it, it, that goes with anything in life. Just be aware of, you know, where you're taking that advice from. Mm-hmm. So, really good one. I like that. Uh, so, let's get to the incomplete financial plan with that as our show starter for the day. And ask yourself this as we get going. Are you confident that your financial plan is complete? Because many people respond to that saying, yeah, I've got a solid plan in place. But then later, hopefully, when they go through a review process, or sometimes it's just sort of a live and learn kind of thing, they learn that they've missed important areas. Sometimes it's not accounting for long-term care expenses or overlooking the impact of taxes on retirement income. I know that's a big one in Carrie's world. Uh, There are many ways a financial plan can be considered incomplete. And so on today's episode, we're going to point out some of the most common areas people overlook when planning and hopefully give you some actionable tips to ensure that your plan is as comprehensive as possible. So, Carrie, let's jump in here to a couple of the ways that I know you're seeing this each and every day in the office. Uh, One area where people have an incomplete financial plan is when it comes to the danger of a downturn in the market. And we're going to put a caveat in here in the early years of retirement. So why is that often overlooked? And two, why is it so much more damaging to have an early retirement years mishap versus later in life? Yeah, I mean, this is really important to talk about for clients that are getting ready to retire, right? Because a downturn in the market in those early retirement years can make it to where the portfolio cannot recover and they will run out of money in retirement versus having bad years later 
out in retirement and in good years early on where they would not run out of money. And in our financial world, this is called sequence of returns risk. So the sequence, the order in which you have good or bad returns really does matter. That's the $5 phrase for the week, right? The sequence of returns. Yeah, sequence of return risk. (laughs) Yeah, but it just means not retiring and having a couple of years where the market is negative. We don't want that. And you do not want to rely on luck and cross your fingers that those first couple of years are going to be good years. And so it is really important to stress test um, these returns and, and run it over and over again and saying, what happens if I have three or four years of negative years in, in the first couple of years? You know, what does that look like for me? Is that going to make it okay? If not, you know, what changes do we need to make in our investment portfolio? Or do we have another bucket of money to pull from like a life insurance policy or cash on the side to where we could let our investment portfolio recover? And, and so this is very important because we do not want to have a financial plan that is only the best case scenario. So that is why we need to stress test it and make sure that this isn't going to derail someone's retirement. Very cool. Yeah, definitely a big one to have on your list. And number two here would be the effects of inflation over time. And anyone who's retired and didn't have this accounted for in their plan, Carrie, is definitely noticing it this year. Absolutely. I mean, we've always talked about inflation, but obviously over the past year or two, it's been more in the spotlight. And it's been a bigger, you know, conversation piece. But we really have to make sure that correct inflation is projected through our planning to make sure again, that you don't run out of money. That one's pretty easy. Do you just assume a certain number, Carrie, whether like, do you try to predict what inflation is going to be year to year in a plan? Or do you just say, hey, over the course of your retirement, we plan for it to average to, to this. And so that's how you how do you go about planning for inflation for somebody? Yeah, so our financial planning software actually models what, you know, the long-term inflation rate is. I think it's 3.1% now, but we look at that every year. And obviously with inflation being higher this year, we factor that in and say, okay, do we need to make adjustments? Is that going to tick up for, for next year? And so we look at that on an ongoing basis just to make sure that all of our assumption assumptions are correct. Okay, very good. Yeah, I imagine uh, somebody, have you ever had someone come in with a plan from a different planner and you look at it and they go, oh, well, yeah, this plan looks so good because they didn't account for inflation. Have you ever had somebody just completely missing that component in their plan? You know, honestly, no, I don't think so. I mean, I feel like now our, our financial planning tools have gotten pretty <laughs> good at knowing to add in inflation. It, it's really the ones that try to just do it on a spreadsheet or, you know, they'll come uh, in with their pet, their paper <laughs> and say, oh, well, I need this, you know, I need 5000 a month for retirement and I've got this much. And and that's where it's like, hey, you, you missed a spot. You you did not factor in inflation. Instead of 5000 that's going to be six, 7000 8000 <laughs> um, We got to go and back that up. So it's really more on the do-it-yourselfers um, that did not use any type of, you know, computer or financial planning software. Uh, another great thing to be on the lookout for if you have an income complete financial plan. This one might be bouncing around a little bit, making some trouble for you. And that'd be the fact that medical costs are increasing at a rate that's even higher than inflation. And sometimes people don't really know how to account for those medical costs, it seems. Yeah. And and like you said, I mean, for us, I mean, we have a separate inflation rate just for medical and healthcare expenses. I think it's around seven, eight percent a year now, because that is obviously higher than the average inflation rate. And so we, again, have to make sure that those medical expenses don't take a big dent in your retirement portfolio. 
Yeah, it's uh, tied very closely to the inflation part, but really needs its own category. All right, here's your specialty, mm-hmm. Carrie. The possibility of tax increases in the future. How big of a piece of the puzzle is that often, you know, kind of uh, occupying in somebody's plan? And if it's missing, I imagine that that's a big hole in the plan. Yeah, it is. And we talked about this a little bit on our um, podcast last month. But we know that our current tax law is going to sunset in 2025. And so in 2026, we are going to have higher tax rates. So that is certain, assuming that our legislation doesn't change it, you know, (laughs) not the, the night before. But we also have to run some stress testing, you know, or some what ifs, what if tax rates go up another 5%, 10%. So those things we don't really know, you know, long term, next 20, 30 years, but we need to stress test it. We need to say, what would happen if? And let's look at that and see how does this affect your plan now? Great points across the board so far. We've covered taxes, inflation, market downturns, and we touched on this one last episode a little bit as well just because of the rule changes. But uh, let's hit it one more time here. Just make sure it's on the list. The challenge that's sometimes presented by RMDs, and I think you even pointed out last time around that that one sneaks up on people. Yes, yes. And so the RMDs now, if they don't plan for it, then they have to start taking out their RMD by 73 for this year. And if they don't realize that, you know, they have a huge chunk of money going towards taxes, their taxes are going to go up. It could even push them into a higher tax bracket. And so again, by planning ahead and saying, hey, how do we deal with this now? It's going to be a lot more manageable than to stick their head under the pillow and just say, I'll worry about it when I'm 73 and I have to start taking that money. Yeah, it's not a good idea. That one you want to plan for years in advance for sure. All right, Mm -hmm. another one here. The likelihood that you'll have a long-term care need before you die. Again, kind of tied into the medical cost conversation, but really deserves its own category here. And this one, people people are okay talking about medical needs, but not so much on the long-term care side, right? Yeah, I mean, this can get challenging um, because, you know, some people don't want to talk about it. Um, You know, they'll they'll say, well, you know, I'm going to live at home. (laughs) I'm going to live at home as long as I can. I'm not ever going to go into a nursing home. And and that may be their wishes, but there may be a point to where they, they, they have to. Their spouse can no longer take care of them at home. You know, there's going to be an accident. They're going to hurt themselves. Um, and so we have to figure out how do we pay for that? And, and again, it could be paying for a nursing home, but maybe it's paying for, you know, a healthcare worker to come to your home and, and to help you with, you know, those daily activities of living. And so again, there is a cost associated with that. And we want to be able to plan for that in the most cost effective manner. And so some people say, well, I'll have enough money. I'll pay for it out of my pocket. And if you have enough money to do that, that is great. But there are also some really good, you know, long-term care insurance solutions to where, you know, they help pay for that. Um, So you're not paying, you know, dollar for dollar out of your retirement expenses. Um, And so we often look at those long-term care insurance solutions and determine, does this make sense for this particular client? Okay, very good. Uh, we've got two more here, and we're again we're talking about the incomplete financial plan. So as we go through this list, are some of these things unaccounted for in your own plan currently? Another one is the possibility of an unexpected event like a job loss or an illness or something like that that can deeply impact your finances. Those are those unknowns that can be hard to plan for if you're not experienced at doing this. Yeah, and especially for our clients that are still working and uh, a little bit farther away from retirement. 
job loss or a long-term illness, I mean, this is where we talk about having the right amount of emergency funds. Do we have money set aside to pay the bills, pay the mortgage, so that they don't have to dip into those retirement savings and get penalties and, 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 and fall behind on their planning? Last but not least, again, uh, the tagline of your show, Carrie, the magic of integrating your financial, legal, and life planning really brings home this final piece that's often missing from folks who have plans that were put together by, we'll just call them normal planners, Carrie, not not supercharged planners like you that can <laughs> just do all these areas. But it's when it comes to passing assets smoothly and officially to the next generation or beneficiaries in general, um, that's a big missing piece for so many people. It is. And it's really surprising that I think the statistic is, you know, over 70% of Americans still do not even have basic wills to leave, you know, their assets to when they're gone. But this is something that, you know, our entire office is so passionate about that we want to make sure that, you know, that we get you not only through retirement, but we show you how to pass on what is left to future generations in a meaningful way. And for a lot of our families that we work with, you know, the parents and grandparents, they want want those kids to have a, a, a step up in life, maybe, you know, a better chance of the American dream than what they had. And so any type of legacy or inheritance can be really, really meaningful if it's done in the right way. And what we're trying to avoid um, is having that money go through probate and having to pay the courts too much money and the attorneys too much money and paying too much to the IRS. Um, we want, you know, the majority of that wealth to go on to um, their loved ones. And we also want it to be protected. We want it to be protected against a future ex-spouse or any type of creditor or judgment or maybe even some, you know, bad decisions um, on the part of a irresponsible beneficiary or heir. And so that's the part about really tying it all in, like you said, in what we do um, to make sure that, you know, your planning is, is truly complete. Complete planning. That's what you want. And that's what Carrie and the team at Qureshi Law and Wealth can provide. And so there you have it, a list of eight important points and questions to think about, to ask yourself, to see if you have a complete or incomplete financial plan. If it's incomplete after listening to the show today and you feel like you might be in that category, well, maybe it'd be a great idea to take the retirement report card test, if you would. Uh, It's a free resource that Carrie and her team have created and find out if your retirement's on track for honor roll or if you're headed to summer school. You can find out with the free retirement report card where Carrie will look at five key areas of retirement success and give you a score and guidance on any of those areas that need improvement. You get an A, B, C, D, or F, obviously, just like in school, on those different areas, and then work to try and improve that to all straight A's or at least get to that A and B mark to help you feel much more prepared for retirement. So call 870-275-4304 to get more information about the free retirement report card. That's 870-275-4304. Or you can go online to QureshiLaw.com. And we'll put all that contact info in the description of today's show. Much more coming up on today's episode. We're going to get to know Carrie a little bit better next, talking about habits. And we've got a great listener question to dive into as well. Stay tuned. It's getting to know you time. All right, Carrie, time for our getting to know you question this month. And the question is, what habit do you want to break but haven't been able to do so yet? (laughs) Um, You know, I don't know that I've really focused on it, but, you know, I would say 
one thing that I'm not crazy about. I wish I could get off social media more, you know, stop scrolling through mm. Facebook and things yes. like that. Just when you're bored and you have a few minutes, um, because it doesn't really add any value to my life, but you feel like we just kind of pick up the phone out of habit now, constant entertainment mentality. Um, I, I think that would probably be good for me. I think that's a really good one. Probably a lot of people could add that to their list. The key to this question is want, the word want. I have habits, but there are some I don't want to break. <laughs> I know. I was thinking like my, my Mountain Dew every morning. No, no, yeah, I need like, my Mountain Dew. I don't really, it's a bad I don't habit, but I, I'm not giving that up. I ain't breaking that bad habit. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I'm gonna so is there anything for you that you want to break? Want to break? I, I'm, I'm going to use yours pretty much. I'm going to say my big one is like, scrolling i don't do a lot of scrolling like all day long on social media because i I don't even actually have any social media accounts um but i do look at twitter like just the national trends and i'll tend to scroll through twitter um like you know occasionally it's not like i'm doing it all day but i do it at two really bad times right before bed and then right when i get up it's like the first thing i'm doing in the morning Mm -hmm. and i'm just immediately either filling my head at the beginning of the day or ending my day with all of the ridiculous conflict and arguments and ridiculousness that's you know being argued about on twitter so like i know that's not a healthy way like it's like why am i doing this i'm putting my mindset into a terrible place right at the start of the day you know like so there are some Mm -hmm. really good habits i could create right around those two moments that would probably make a drastic difference. So I don't know. Maybe I need to do a mid-year resolution right now and make that make that a thing. <laughs> so how about this? I'll, I'm going to stop doing that. I'm going to work on that habit. So we're going to try and break that in 2023. And Carrie, see if you can cut your scrolling time down even just, uh, just 30 minutes. See if you can eliminate 30 minutes yep. of scrolling time from your day. How about that? Yep, like I'm going to work on that. What's your worst offending social media app? I'm, I'm going to guess. Can I guess? Yeah, you go ahead. I'm going to say Instagram. No, I'm no, not even on no. Instagram. Really? No, I feel okay. like that. I feel like that is for the younger kids. <laughs> oh re- no! <laughs> see, I think the younger age. kids would laugh about that, wouldn't they? They'd be like, "No, okay. <laughs> no, yeah." Because I'm, I'm, I am, I am Facebook oh, mainly Facebook, Facebook okay. because I can see my friends' photos and everything. Oh, yeah. And there's different you're groups old. that you're I can real old if you're on Facebook. I Facebook, <laughs> yeah. And I'll do Twitter. Like I have a Twitter account, but I don't tweet. I just, I'm like you. I, I see what's trending. I don't know what's going on in the world, and that's how I follow Twitter. Yeah, it is a good place to get some uh, kind of good, like, you know, just some breaking news and get some instant pictures of, like, breaking news events and those kinds of things. But there's just so much junk on there, too. Instagram, I had to give up because I was just wasting time scrolling through Instagram. That one was actually getting me Um, because you'd just be looking at all these pretty places all day long. And then you're sitting in your office getting all depressed like, this person's climbing a mountain today. Why am I not climbing a mountain? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I feel like that. I mean, I feel like it's harder like on our our younger kids because I grew up. I didn't have that. Yeah. So you didn't you didn't have that. I guess that impression of everybody is out there living their best life and you're just really boring and you know I just you're always going to put the best thing on social media right it doesn't show you the whole picture and I feel like that is really hard for some younger kids to yeah. understand I don't want to get too far off the beaten track here, but one last small comment. We just moved into a new home, and as part of it, we bought a new TV for over over the fireplace. So uh, I finally have my awesome, like, you know, man TV over the fireplace for the big games and all that kind of stuff. And when we were at the store looking at some of these TVs, I was like, oh, my God. 
some of these are incredible. I mean, I'm not going to spend this much on a TV because nowadays even the cheapest TVs look really amazing. But it's like, oh my goodness, this is better than real life. Like, I don't, that's bad. I don't want it to be better than real life. That is bad. Mm -hmm. I want to grow up with a black and white TV so that when you go and you see the color of the world, you know, you're blown away, right? I don't want (laughs) to, now I see it on TV. It's like, to go out of your house. Oh, this didn't live (laughs) up to, I've seen pictures of this mountain lake before. I don't need to hike there, you know? (laughs) It's such a different, different thing. But we'll get off our soapboxes and uh, you'll have lots of experiences with you your kids as they grow up in this world to see what that's going to be like to try and impress them these days. So I know it's a challenge. Well, very good. That was fun. Uh, we could we could do a whole episode probably ranting about social media stuff, but we must move on to Madison's question. <laughs> so let's open up the mailbag. It's time for the mailbag. We want to hear from you. All right, so Madison is in Dallas and has a really good question for you, Carrie. Uh, Madison says, I've talked to a financial advisor, and I like him a lot, but I'm trying to do my due diligence before deciding to work with him. How do you really know if somebody is trustworthy or not? Mm, This is a really, really good question. You know, I would say that most people think that they can rely on their gut, Right, like I, I, I trust my my intuition, or you know, I just got a good feeling about them or a bad feeling, but that's not always the best option, especially when it comes to your money and your future. And so, my suggestion would be, you know, obviously to do your homework, search online, and see what type of Google reviews or Facebook reviews pop up. Um, you know, sometimes the advisor may have a list of clients that you could even reach out to um, with their permission and say, "Hey, tell me about your experience working with Mr. Advisor, Mrs. Advisor." But the other thing um, that you should probably do is go to the Finra Brokerage Check website. Finra is one of our regulating bodies. The website, we can put that in the show notes, but it's brokercheck.finra.org. And you can look at that advisor's license history. You can see if there's any disclosures like customer complaints or arbitrations, bankruptcy filings, even civil proceedings. So that would really give you the full picture and, and make sure that, you know, you're, you're taking your time, that you don't feel pressure to work with them um, until they've answered all your questions and you really understand what the plan is with, with your money. It's a great point. And, and, and listen to that gut, right? Like that gut tells you a lot. And I don't want to read too much into your question here, Madison, but maybe your gut's telling you something in this by just asking this question, you know, like you're, you're working with the advisor, you like them, but you know, I'm trying to do my due diligence. Maybe there's something, um, maybe there's just something that's not clicking. Yeah. Maybe listen to that Mm -hmm. gut a little bit, or maybe it's the first part of your question. I like him a lot. You know, if that's the resounding takeaway, then listen to your gut there too, but some tangible pieces, but listen to that gut. I think the, a good combo of those two yep. things. And still do, still, still do your homework in the background check. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but but listen, listen to your gut too, because it's often more right than you think for most people. That seems to be mm-hmm. the case, at least. So, uh, great guidance. Thanks, Carrie, for pointing us in the right direction there. All right, one more time. If you want to uh, check out that free retirement report card that we talked about earlier, get some letter grades on five key retirement planning areas uh, to discover if you are on a successful track for retirement. See if you're on honor roll or going to summer school. You can find that out by getting your own retirement report card. 870-275-4304 is the number to call. Contact info in the description of today's show, as well as online at QureshiLaw.com. Carrie, thank you so much for your help on the show today. Hope you have a great rest of your month, and I know we'll be recording again in a couple of weeks. 
Absolutely. Thank you so much, Walter, and thanks to all of our listeners out there. We'll see everybody next time on Smart Simple Wealth. Did you know you can subscribe to the Smart Simple Wealth podcast with your favorite app? It's on iTunes, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and dozens of other places where you listen to podcasts. And if it's not on an app you'd like to use, let us know and we'll get it on there. To make sure you never miss an episode, just search Smart Simple Wealth on your favorite podcasting platform today and subscribe. Investment advisory services offered through Pegasus Wealth Coaching, LLC, a registered investment advisor. Legal services provided by Qureshi Law Firm, PLLC. The Qureshi Law Firm and Pegasus Wealth Coaching are not affiliated in any way. Investing involves risk, including the potential loss of principal. Opinions expressed are subject to change without notice and are not intended as investment or legal advice. Past performance does not guarantee future results. Consult your financial professional before making any investment decision. Information provided does not create an attorney-client relationship and cannot substitute for obtaining legal advice from an attorney admitted to practice law in your state.